BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to the Major League Rugby Rant Podcast Show with your hosts, Ty Braga, Scott Ferrara, and Rob Hammerschmidt, who tackle the tough topics relating to Major League Rugby in the U.S. and Canada. This is your premier source of information. You are listening to the Major League Rugby Rant Podcast Show. Well, hello, Major League Rugby fans out there. You're here to be able to view another episode of the MLR Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Brugger, your host for today's activities, and joining me are the familiar faces of Rob Hammerschmidt and, of course, Scott Ferrara, the big guy. And joining us for the first time to be able to challenge these two is Dustin, all the way from the Austin Rugby Podcast. Dustin, welcome to the show, man. What's going on, gentlemen? How are we doing today? Good stuff, man. All good. I'm glad that you could put these boys to the test. And of course, we're going to put you guys all to the challenge to be able to see who puts forth their best views regarding the topics at hand. And we put it out to the MLR Fan Zone group. And the top picks for this episode, episode 11 of the MLR and Podcast Show, is to be able to talk about the uh, recent news that USA Rugby has found their new home with a partnership at Glendale. And then following that, we'll be talking about the latest and updates around the league, including from Dallas and, of course, from LA, the new teams, and everything in between when it comes to new signings. But, boys, I want to be able to draw your attention to the important point at hand right now, Glendale being the new home for USA Rugby. For those of you that aren't familiar, we're going to hand the opportunity over to each one of these gentlemen to give their rant. They have two minutes to be able to tell us what they think about this topic. So, Rob, the floor is yours. Start us off, buddy. Okay, obviously, USA Rugby coming out of Chapter 11 and trying to turn the corner, uh, especially with uh, several rumors that are aspiring about making a bid for Rugby World Cup 2027 or 31. They want to get their house in order. Uh, the advantage of doing this is they have a subsidized usage at Glendale. So it, it manages their playing costs, especially when they engage in like art games, smaller venues, obviously bigger internationals with something like, uh, you know, Australia or, or New Zealand or Scotland or whatever have you are going to be, you know, going to different venues around the United States. And they talked about that. That was my first concern is that if Glendale is the venue, then it's going to be hard for people around the country to always go to Glendale to see the United States play, but they're going to spread it about a bit. Um, I think the big advantages is for some of the lesser events, things like uh, when the Falcons play, when the all Americans play and some of the other, uh, some of the other events that are in the USA calendar, it's going to be advantageous because it's going to be able to control their costs a bit. Um, and don't forget that the advantage of this is they're going to be able to negotiate with 
airlines and hotels uh, for cheaper prices um, for teams to come in or to fly players in. So that's going to be a cost control mechanism that really helps with them. My big question here is this. We don't know the length of the contract. So is this two years? Is this five years? Is this 10 years? How long is this going to make contractual sense for them? How much money is it going to save over uh, the of the duration of whatever time? We don't know. But um, it is a step in a good direction. Uh, we just don't know some of the details. It would be nice to know those. Right. And, of course, we hope to be able to know that soon. I mean, the parameters and how the, the partnership is set up is still very much unclear. What's really been uh, made uh, obvious is that it – it is mutually beneficial, at least, you know, so there is a great value, as you pointed out, that they can uh, be um, involved with great opportunity to be able to gain the value of getting lower prices. They have partnerships that are existing through Rugby Town USA, Infinity Park, of course, was the home of Raptors Rugby. In their absence, would USA Rugby fill that void? Rob, uh, I'm going to hand it actually over to uh, to Scott. What are your thoughts in that regard there, man? Uh, well, I'm surprised that Rob took all the financial questions. Usually, you know, me being the accountant, <laughs> I mean, I'm surprised Rob can count. Well, if you have flip flops on, you can at least count to 20. Um, but three words location, location, location. It is a centralized location where everybody from East Coast, West Coast, up in Chicago, down in Texas can go to be part of the camps for, for the Eagles. Um, it's, Easier than I, I do think it will. It's easier than having everybody go to San Diego for sevens. Um, as far as commercial value is concerned, um, like Rob said, you can have the USA versus uh, you know All Blacks in Soldier Field. You can have USA versus Ireland in Red Bull Arena. But you can also have USA play, let's say, four games in a, in, a, in a month span at Glendale, and say play four teams from the Premiership or four four teams from the Pro Fourteen or four teams from Japan, um, and make it a commercial thing. Because me as a rugby fan, if you said Munster's going to go play USA, which I actually saw them play USA at Red Square Field almost 10 years ago, I'm, I'm, I would like to go to Glendale to see them. And considering that, that right now they have a smaller capacity stadium, that ticket's going to be a hot ticket item. And if you do it where you have Munster, then you have you know whoever playing you have fans that can kind of churn that ticket sales so i think it's it's commercially viable for them to do some of these smaller matches in glendale based upon the location everybody can get there i think it's a win-win right great point so to be able to give our viewers a little bit more context and understand when we think about the smaller teams playing uh it's not about necessarily about the the uh the awareness of the team or that you know it's it's the venue as well it has restrictions and it's about a four thousand capacity right now um, yet it does have some great training facilities, uh, training fields, all of that that's attached to it. So there is a great value for any team that will occupy that space that they have these facilities at their disposal. But as you so rightly pointed out, the scope and scale of what they can do there as a result of it being such a fantastic venue could go well beyond the USA um, America's Rugby Championship games. It could go to the Falcons, as you pointed out, Rob. So there is a lot of opportunity beyond just what we think is going to be the national games. Now, I'd like to add one quick thing before you go to Dustin. Uh, and is this, they still get to train at altitude. So True. rather than moving someplace else, it does allow the team to train at altitude, something that um, Gary Gold wanted to do and did for six weeks in the build-up to Rugby World Cup. Right. They have a fantastic center there that, in fact, has even been used by a lot of other professional uh, sporting organizations such as the Broncos, and they've used the high-altitude facility that they have attached to the uh, the stadium, uh, and, which is 
a top-notch facility. And that, that equates actually to what uh, the NHL, what Team USA does by playing at the University of Minnesota. And that's historically where they've had their training camps because University of Minnesota actually has an Olympic-sized hockey rink versus all the other colleges have a standard one. So it's just, you know, for people who, who understand, you know, other sports. Right. The, Maybe we should give Justin a chance to talk. Nah, no, we're good. We're good. Let's we'll go on to the next stuff. We're fine. I, I might regret this. <laughs> the, 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 the fact that I have a feeling somebody's getting a card too. So. That's what I'm saying. He, he's just waiting. He's just waiting for me to jump. In. So listen, I'm, I'm I'll, I'll play devil's advocate here, right? Um, we talked about it a little bit. Is it good that USA Rugby found a place to play? Yes, it is. It's great that they found a place to play, but you know, it's kind of making a deal with the devil with a gun at your head. I think the adage goes, and so USA Rugby, as Scott, the the financial you know connoisseur, gave the torch to rob now to say to talk about finances you know usa rugby was struggling they literally where else were they going to go you know so you know rugby town usa had just kind of parted ways with the raptors and colorado was out and so now they have you know they have they have a place to play are the training facilities world class yet the high altitude yes but they're but at you know at glendale that's not the high altitude training center that's near it but it's not at it and so I think the training facilities, while good, aren't world-class in what they need to be for USA Rugby to grow. My other kind of negative point for this is, and I think, you know, Ty, you can kind of elaborate a little bit here in a minute because you knew a little bit more than I did. As of right now, it's a 4,000-seat stadium. Yeah, Scott, you talked about what it's going to look like with, you know, having a hot-ticket item because it's limited seating. If they expand, great. But how long is that going to take? And do they have the money to pay for that, especially given the current global economic standpoint and so that's kind of my point to everything like it, it's a it's a tough situation it's i'm glad they have a place but at the same time i don't know if it's the right place i think only time will tell so would you be able to go as far to be able to say that given the current climate the conditions it just makes sense for now but you're not sure that's the really the long-term solution is that what you're really trying to get at I would like to see a little bit more planning from USA Rugby as it pertains to the goals and objectives over the next five years rather than saying, yes, this is going to be a great move right now. Can, right. can, can I just ask a question here? And, and this is a, a serious question to Dustin's point, And is this, how long has this deal been in the works for? Now, Ty, you may, you may know the answer because you do have an in at Rugby Town. How long has this been in the works? We've known that the Raptors, there were rumors swirling about uh, the 2019 season that they might be pulling out of the league. Was this something that they were looking at at that time? Has this been a relatively new development? How long, if it's just this year in 2020, how long has it been happening? Um, yeah. That might provide some of those answers. Yeah, I mean, it's a difficult one to be able to answer, but a great question because the one thing that, that we know is that there was already mutters and conversations about the Raptors exiting the league uh, already at the end of last year. And those rumors had trickled out to the, to the rugby community at large, uh, although they seemed to be able to disappear as quickly as the season gained momentum, preseason had begun, they fell by the wayside. Lo and behold, you fast forward and the pandemic strikes and suddenly the news is revealed. And it became very obvious that, that, there were these this continuing lingering doubts, complications, whatever you want to call it. I don't ever believe that 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 was strayed from what their core focus was uh, or what their plan was, should I say. The players were were also taken aback, uh, revealed that 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 their exit was was being made final. Um, you know, we had an interview a couple of weeks back with Blake Rogers, and he said that he got an email on a Tuesday night at something like eight p.m. 
So guys that are that were a part of it had no idea really. So I believe that the answers for those are still yet to be revealed. And we wish that, of course, we would know more as as a rugby family and and have the ability to be able to to understand their true vision. And when we talk about their vision, perhaps it does allow us to be able to recognize that vision that they had spoken about when Mike Donovan came on camera and he spoke about it saying it's about returning to the core value of what they had started out on their journey back in 2007, which is to be able to grow American talent, whether it be eligible players, whether it be, uh, uh, you know, uh, foreign born players that are now become eligible. You know, that's a completely different debate. But really, they wanted to be able to grow talent, to be able to reach the highest levels of the game and grow it from that level up. So the question is, is this meeting that vision? And is this the right way to do it? I think... I think uh, the- Go ahead, Dustin. Oh, thanks, Scott. That's that's mighty kind of you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, and, and we can keep going on about this. And I think this is going on through every Reddit thread, you know, un- under the sun on MLR on the MLR side. You know, if, if you want to talk about building out you know, uh, from the ground up, this rugby program that's going to have the youth all the way up through, you know, college, high school, professionally, whatever it is. But then at the same time, you're you're defunding and giving away, you know, the women's team, which is the most profitable women's team in all of USA rugby. And then you get give away, you know, not give away, but you, you disband the MLR side. And so the signs and yeah, I know it's it's gone back and forth on a lot of channels you kind of have to look at it and go, well, if you wanted to build this kind of grassroots build up, you got rid of two major points right in the middle that really are tying everything together. You know, that MLR is the connection to USA rugby. The women's side is the connection to the women's USA team. Like you have all of these links and you just separated it right in the middle. My question to that will be, you know, going forward, how do you repair that? Because there are some people who are really upset and, you know, I, that, right. that, I, that I've talked to, like they're, they're not happy about the way that things have gone and the communication, you know, as somebody who works in marketing, the communication from the city of Glendale has been kind of eh, about everything. It's been right. very vague about stuff, which, which I get. Yeah. I mean, I wanted to be able to, to try and tackle some of those points and maybe one earlier that you had brought up, but let's start with the, uh, um, how they support rugby. So it's, it's, a, you know, when they put out that mission statement and they, a return to core values to be able to grow U.S. players, to be able to compete at the highest level of the game. So that's their goal. That's their objective. You're saying that their responsibility is to grow the government from the, from the ground up. And while it may very well have an, a, a great overlap, and of course there's great merits to that conversation, and I'm not saying I'm against it or for it, it's just they told everybody that their goal isn't that. Their goal is to grow the game USA players to be able to complete the highest level of the game possible. So you have to be think that they're taking the best and the elite players and they have to focus all their energy. The second half of that, the city of Glendale is a municipality that has taxpayers, that has other facilities they need to yep. be able to pay for, other services. In a pandemic, it's not unlikely to be able to think that it's a funding issue as well. Whereas previously, we didn't say that in our previous episodes, but we're in a different world since then. So it's not unlikely to think that that's a part of the conversation is that if you have only X amount of funding, where do you put it? You have to put it to your priority. Yep. Well, that that was going to go to my, I had a a statement and a question. So my question would be, um, so if they're going to expand, Dustin was talking about expenditure, how much is USA Rugby on the hook for expenses versus 
the city of Glendale. Because if it's not going to cost USA Rugby anything to now get a 10,000-seat stadium, maybe that is part of their five-year plan to say we can use that if it's not going to cost us anything, or even if we could split the cost of that um, because of the dire straits they're in. But my statement, going back to what Dustin said about that connection, how do most people figure out they like sports? It's generally not through the national teams. So far, and I'd say in the last five years, a lot of new rugby fans have actually started from the seventh team. But that right. hasn't necessarily translated to 15s. No, MLR is what's going to take – exactly. And MLR, MLR is what's going to take the American fan and, and create that rugby fan. And like Dustin said, they had severed that tie now. So how really? – are they going to try and ride on those coattails, which I don't think they can? Uh, because now because of the relationship they severed i don't think it's going to work as much as they thought it was right i mean again it's very interesting and you you both bring up some great points if you're thinking about growing fan support and bringing in youth the mlr is probably the best medium to be able to do so a hundred percent and i more than most am probably sad more sad than anybody else to be able to see the raptors leave right i have no idea why Uh, no <laughs> so I, but I'm also excited to be able to see that somebody else is being able to give a helping hand along the way to USA Rugby, who at this time looks like they need it because they're fortunate enough that they got a handout from World Rugby, given that they had probably the best year in their history, profit-wise, as uh, as I'm sure everybody knows, the 2019 Rugby World Cup was the best to date. So they had the ability to be able to fund them, and so they did so with many other organizations. If they can now find a way to continue the method of cutting costs, forming relationships that can help them to build a sustainable company – they might be able to work towards reaching those goals of a priority of hosting a World Cup, hosting a more successful team. You know, Rob, you had put it in an earlier episode. It's surprising to you and to me, and I'm sure many of our viewers, why America does not win the ARC every single year. Yeah. You know, um, so there have to be there has to be a, a, a change. And if this has the opportunity to be able to lay a foundation for it, I would see it as as a positive. So. From my point of view, I think it's probably going to be a good fit because they can reduce costs, they have the facilities, it fills a void, uh, and ultimately it can be a great partnership if the next steps are done right. And I, and I just to, to tag along that, um, I, I have no doubt that USA Rugby has forged a really good deal for that venue when they do have events. Um, remember that USA Rugby just announced their development program. They've kind of reorganized their development program. Uh, and from what I understand, one of the big components of that was to create a bit more structure to the calendar, to the 365-day calendar, yeah. especially for some of their, you know, with their youth development. And my guess is that plays very much into usage of that facility. They can do it at a cheaper at a cheaper level than renting a facility elsewhere because they've got a long-term, you know, hopefully a long-term sustainable deal with Rugby Town in which they're going to use that facility in a much more consistent basis. Therefore, it makes sense for Rugby Town. Yeah. So I want to be able to go one more time around the table here and just get the I'm for it, I'm not for it scenario. So uh, let's start in the opposite direction on this occasion. Dustin, final thought. For it. But with but with there's always slight, a but 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 with, but with slight <laughs> hesitation. I mean, listen, I'm I'm for it. You're, like, there's, you're there's, cautiously I, optimistic about it. Let's say that very cautious, like more cautious than optimistic. Okay, 
All right. So fair there. I mean, you've obviously better than nothing. I mean, come on. Yeah, I know. I was expecting you to be against it, so I'm I'm happy. You know, I'm happy, man. I'm just happy they've got a place to play. Every man needs to run. There's a path forward. There's where there wasn't a path forward. There now is one. It's it's a very dirt very dirt road, but with a path. (laughs) Scott, tell me what you got, man. Uh, I think this is the most dreaded question in every job interview: is where do you see yourself in five years? So I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it. Where do I see this happen going in five years? I'm hoping from in in five years from now in 2025, we're seeing USA Rugby expanding into a relationship somewhere else at a bigger level, mm-hmm. but using Glendale as the stepping stone to do that. So I think they will in the next five years they will have success in Glendale enough to get them out of a financial hole and put them in a better place. Where in five years from now maybe they don't stay in Glendale and then go somewhere else. So just thinking on the five-year cycle, you're just picking that number or are you thinking that because it goes after the next Rugby World Cup that they would look to be? I think it's after, after the next Rugby World Cup because as we all know and through Reddit and everywhere else, that, 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 that's going, you know, the 2027 is not going to us. No. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I would love it as a fan. It's a pipe it's dream. the best thing for rugby in the U.S. right now. Honestly, the, the best place for it to go is Australia because Australia is hurting and it will give them an influx they so desperately need. Yep. Right. That's a power in the game. We need to be alive again. So, Rob, what you got? Uh, I'm for it, uh, like uh, my colleagues here. Uh, but I also um, think the devil's into the details. Um, right. And 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 Scott brought it up. The big guy was on the money. Uh, really, it's about vision. Uh, the USA Rugby has not been really awesome on the long-term vision front. If this is part of a greater long-term vision for where they want to go uh, in the development of USAR and the development of rugby in the United States, super. I think it could be a really good deal. If it's a short-sighted, uh, short-sighted uh, solution, um, then this could fall apart easily. Right. Absolutely. All great points. And I'm happy to hear that we're on the same page, but yet all of us cautiously optimistic. And uh, there certainly needs to be more clarity as to what the true vision is when it comes to this partnership. And I can see why Dustin keeps flip-flopping because his team keeps flip-flopping. (laughs) (laughs) Well, when you only have a three-month strategy. That's all that matters. Right, yeah, that's true, hey, man. We, we weren't last in the league, and I mean, I could th- I could throw out something that would throw make Ty really sad, but I'm not going to because you know I'm not that type of guy. No, <laughs> you are, but you want. I am, but I'm not going to. <laughs> we, we all we all know the elephant in the room. Well, Major League Rugby rant viewers, perhaps you have your own thoughts about whether this is a great partnership for Glendale and USA Rugby, and if you do, make sure you drop a comment below and you let us know on this feed what you think about it, and we'll be happy to be able to answer that. And of course, stay active in the MLR Major League Rugby Fan Zone group. Let us know your thoughts. We'll have updates on upcoming episodes. Right now, we're going to go ahead and take a quick break, and we'll be back in just a moment. Welcome back, Major League Rugby Rant podcast viewers. One more time, I'm Ty Braga. You have Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, and Dustin uh, Zero. Zero. Oh, uh, man, you got butchered that one, but that's all right. Just, you know, it's like when I, well, like when I, when I first had to start on that. Uh, no, you're fine. Just keep... You had to practice every name. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
What's that? Rooster. This is how this goes, people. Yeah. So, so, so the so the last name is spelled Z E R R E R. Everybody pronounces it Smith, but it's uh. <laughs> yeah, it's, that's that sounds the same, right? Yeah, it's the same. I mean, for the most part, yeah, it's yeah. there. I'm gonna. We are here to be able to talk about our next topic, and that is going to be to share what the latest signings are within the league. Ultimately, we want to be able to share what's been going on, why it's important, give our viewers an understanding of the in-depth workings of the teams. And to be able to help us understand a little bit more, we're going to throw it on this round to be able to share his thoughts. Is going to be Scott up first. So the floor is yours, man. Go ahead. Okay, guys. Well, I think um, the, the biggest thing I have to say is Rooney's strategy worked. Everybody said, Rooney's crazy. Why are they getting rid of their picks? Rooney had a guy in mind in Connor Buckley uh, from Brooklyn, went to Xavier, obviously scouted by Mike Petrie and Chris Matina throughout high school. Um, obviously, being a local at Iona, ain't it great to be a Gale? Um, they've had their eye on him for several years now. Uh, so if if you have a guy that you think is, is not going to get drafted based upon whatever standard you have, and you don't have anybody else you like in the draft, why have your picks? They got their foreign player spot they wanted. Um, so they, they end up getting what they wanted in Connor Buckley signing as a scrum half. You have an aging Mike Petrie and a younger Marcus Walsh. Um, and, and this year in 2020, Petrie, due to uh, getting a concussion, Walsh got early play. Um, so And that was supposed to be kind of the, the through line throughout the year. Um, Petrie is kind of going more the coaching route, teaching Mar- uh, uh, Walsh. And then now you have Connor Buckley coming in and, and you have a, a guy who, who – it was in the same systems as Connor Buckley coming up and coaching him. The second thing is, is the, the fake news There's actually a fake news alert uh, on Wednesday. Um, rugby index reported that Matt Houston was retiring from professional rugby. Uh, and after speaking with Matt, who I consider a friend, he told me it was fake news. Um, he's actually looking for another team going into 2021. Um, I think he can make uh, pretty much any any roster in the league as a back rower. He's very offensive minded. Uh, he knows what he's doing in the pack. He has that experience. He He's played for a couple of teams now. Um, so anybody who thinks uh, Matt Houston has has laced uh, uh, t- uh, put his uh, lace up his boots and, and he's going, he's actually available as a free agent. So I, th- I think by July you'll see him sign somewhere. Uh, are you now an agent? Uh, the big I, I was going to say yeah, I was gonna, that was my question. Cut? What's your commission? Yeah, how much you getting on that? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt said he will give me a high five next time I go visit him down uh, down down there. I'm I'm talking about a guy who was very offensively productive in Rooney working in that system. And I think going to, you know, DC, it wasn't the system that he works best in. And I think you saw that through the shortened season. Um, I think he would have came along as the season went on, but I do think there's a a bunch of other teams, uh, Dustin, I'm actually looking at you that I think he would fit uh, with the AGs. He's very offensive minded in the pack, kind of like Brendan Rams is up front as a prop. He, He will pick the ball up and go. Um, so I, I think he fits in, in certain teams around the right. world. I just want to be able to circle back around to the Connor Buckley thing. So to be able to get our viewers, uh, give them a better understanding of what you mean by that. So let's dig into that just for a moment. I want people to understand that, first of all, Rooney, and you had spoken about this a while back, uh, Scott, they wanted to be able to get players that were local. It's easier to be able to, to get them to adapt. They've got family support. Perhaps they have the means to be able to support themselves outside of the structure that they have to provide. So, yeah, it's a great pick when you can have a talented player in your backyard, right? Um, and they knew that nobody else was really eyeing him for the same opportunity, but they should have because he was actually one of the top picks that we had spoken about in our pre-draft top picks. And the reason I had noted it 
He's also uh, one of the top finalists for the Rudy Schultz Award 2020. If you're not familiar as a viewer, let me tell you, when you are nominated for that, it puts you in the elite in college rugby as one of the best players of that year. Uh, And yet he's only 21 years old, I believe. So what an amazing career ahead of him. So what Rooney had essentially done was is they had left that opportunity knowing that they could sign him as a free agent afterwards. So it was a great move. And as you said, the tactic worked very well. Um, So let's be able to find out a little bit more about some of the other notable signings and the news around the league. We're going to hand it over to Dustin and see what you got. Dustin, what was the last name again? How did you you say that? Smith. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh yeah uh, yeah so I, I so news around the league you know for me i i think definitely out of austin obviously news came out um on was it wednesday about uh the, the captain man zinni's coming back for us zinzen ellen puttick um he he's, he's spectacular uh, he 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 played part of the beginning of the season, kind of filling in as we were waiting for international players to come. Um, and and Will McGee and Kurt Marath um, played fly and and did a, did a fantastic job. Honestly, I think he's one of the you know, people rate him pretty well, but I think he's underrated because he has some of the quickest feet in in the league. I mean, the boy is. You, you can go back and look at some old tries that he scored against San Diego and against some other people. Like he he just eludes people. So I'm really excited to have Zinni come back. That's my big thing down here in Austin. Not a lot else going on down here. We're we're hunkering we're hunkering down because things ain't good. Uh, but the other big news, you know, that I think really kind of uh, tipped the scales on. I, I came out on Wednesday as well. Um, Dan Moore from Toronto. He's, he's hanging up his boots. We're talking about somebody who you know really was the guiding guiding force for toronto's offensive power at least going into this year when they came down and played in austin um for sure i i saw dan make line breaks and tackle breaks left and right and you know 11 offloads i think in in two seasons and you know carried he also i think second line breaks and all-time and all-time carries like he's going to he's going to be somebody who it's going to be hard boots to fill up in Toronto for, especially with that long, flowing, gorgeous locks of hair that he had. <laughs> Certainly, yeah. Obviously, an incredibly influential player, a man who really helped create the culture in uh, in the Arrows camp. So it will be definitely one miss there. I wonder if there'll be an opportunity for him to be able to adapt and uh, take on some sort of management or coaching role. Uh, within their camp there. So obviously time will tell, but for the moment, you know, it's kind of sad to be able to see such an established and well-known player have to hang up his boots. Yeah. Especially after the, you know, Toronto's announced so many other re-signings and you're just saying, you know, right. oh, yeah, they're just going to keep going on and, you know, Dan's going to be the next one in that list. And all of a sudden that news comes out and, well, you kind of kind of took you back Absolutely. a little bit, like, well, man, that's mm-hmm. kind of surprising. Yeah, yeah. So sign, 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 sign. See you oh, later. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, hanging them up. I get you. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's pretty much all the news that, you know, as far as this week, a little bit down on the week, I think, but yeah. Well, I mean, these, these are the times now where there's a lot happening, you know, obviously uh, the dust has settled on the, on, on the uh, MLR draft, you know, those signings have been announced, a couple of type players are moving. There are some definitely notable ones to be able to share, but also I know that not, not only the players to be able to take note of, it's the teams and how they're moving forward and the coaches that I alluded to a moment ago, and I know who can be able to give us a bit further insight there is Rob. So, Rob, tell us what you got. So, uh, going back, you know, we can't ignore Chris Robshaw, obviously. That's a big one. Who? Uh, I, I forgot. He captained some team <laughs> somewhere. I, uh, I mean, I think he met the big guy one time in New York, though. 
I think that's his it, biggest achievement. Yeah, that's his oh, crowning glory, yeah. actually. He yeah. told me. That was on his Wikipedia page when I looked at him. Yeah. Not the big guy. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, Wikipedia page or Chris <laughs> Robshaw? <laughs> hey, this isn't counting against my two minutes, is it? Not, yeah, no, okay. this is the two it's minutes. Cool. Crap. All right. <laughs> uh, obviously, Nola uh, had a big one in Devin Short, but um, some other some other notables. And one of the one of the interesting ones in my mind is actually not who was uh, signed that's new, but was re-signed in a unique role, and that was uh, Matt Turner, assistant coach and player. Uh, and the significance of this for me and why it stood out because Phil Mack is leaving, and that leaves a huge leadership. A hole that that uh, that was provided by Phil, both on as a as a player, but also as a coach for three two two three seasons here. Um, and you have somebody that's a known commodity within the organization, within the structure, within the culture that's stepping into a coaching role, uh, a void that's that's easily filled now. Uh, and then the other one is I liked uh, the Alan Clark signing um, eight uh, Ireland caps, Northampton Ulster, elite player development. Ireland U twenties, Rory Best speaks highly of him. So I think that was a huge fetch uh, for Dallas. Yeah, yeah. And Dallas is obviously yet to be able to reveal. Well, let me go one step further back. So for many of our viewers who are watching the Major League Rugby Rant podcast or have been following us on MLR Fan Zone, may know that the uh, the draft for the expansion teams already has taken place, unknown to many of the fans. So those Raptors were given an opportunity to be able to, who were approached by LA and Dallas, those negotiations in part are still continuing or what has been concluded, but yet has not yet been revealed. So there's still a lot of established players in the league, great experience that's still yet to be revealed for Dallas. Now, recently we had the opportunity to talk with Blake Rogers, who of course revealed that he's going to be finding his new home in LA at the Guiltinis, and it will be a great fit for him there. Uh, we recently also had the uh, the reveal of another Raptors player, which was Cody O'Neill, lock forward, who will be uh, taking up uh, camp at uh, Dallas. Now, he's pretty excited about that opportunity. Of course, he gets to be able to continue his rugby um, you know, he's put in a lot of great work with the Raptors. In fact, a couple of notes that I had to be able to share is that he was there from 2018, of course, to the final season in 2020, uh, with about 25 appearances uh, throughout that time for the Raptors. Um, so I think he'll be he'll be getting a lot of game time, which he will want. I mean, he's still a relatively young player at 27, so he can still have a good number of years, and he gets to be a part of establishing a new team. And uh, when we do that, we always look at the tight five. You know, we actually spoken about Dallas in the draft picking a backline player as their first pick, I think it was, and kind of went against what the, the consensus would be is start with your tight five, right? Yep. So it's good to be able to see that that first big signing that they've revealed from the league established player is a lock forward. Other ones, and I want to circle back around to Chris Robshaw. Now, we made a little bit of light of it. But really, the gravity of the situation is, is that he is another Ma Nanu. He's another beast in the league, right? Now, R- Rooney, unfortunately, Scott, dropped the ball, it seems, Aww. to be the <laughs> okay, okay, that's false. Um, I, I actually had a nice, I think it's Rooster Booster Time, episode 15, uh, where I talked to uh, Greg McWilliams Shame, about the signing. And uh, yeah, shameless plug, hit a ding there. Um, and Greg McWilliams, you know, said, uh, you know, uh, people in the organization had said 
you know, as early as March, they had decided to go in a different direction. Um, you know, there was negotiations. I got to meet uh, Chris Robshaw, luckily, in February. Again, it's on his Wikipedia that he met me at the uh, Pig and Whistle, <laughs> Shameless Plug on 36th Street. Um, but they decided to go in a different direction, um, whether it's youth, whether it's internationals. I'm not really sure. They did get that extra uh, foreign player spot for trading their picks. Um, they have a lot of news coming in July. Um, but I think it's one. I think it's more of not that San Diego stole something you know, stole a signing away from Rooney as much as Rooney decided to go into a different direction uh, with Chris Robshaw. Well, and, and then you, you, and then kind of the other domino effect of that, you know, Rooney didn't get Robshaw. Robshaw goes to San Diego. San Diego then sends Devin Short to uh, okay. sends, but trades for basically what would be the foreign player spot for yeah. Robshaw to go exactly. to go to the gold. So, I mean, works out for Nola. They get Devin Short. I mean, he's a so- solid young kid, man. He's going to two year contract on him, too. Uh, yeah. 22, 23 yeah, now? Yeah, what is he? Yeah, yeah, and a baby. Yeah, here's what I like about this. There's two things. Number one, uh, Rob Shaw's contract, isn't that a two-year deal? Yes, it is. Right. It is. And, and I like that. You know, I, I like Nonu. He was a great player. I really think he, he made a – he was a difference maker in the back line. I was real disappointed um, that, you know, he, the Beast, and um, and uh, uh, um, Mastero – uh, were one year guys, you know. I would have liked to have seen them play for two. Has Zanu confirmed for one year though? Like, did he sign in Japan? Like somebody else had mentioned, because I have not seen I that. Don't, I have not seen anything public on signings. We've heard it, but yeah. I also we know that he went research, right back home. Find yeah. that, yeah. And he's been he's been radio silent the entire time. So I'm thinking he has a couple sticks in that fire. Um, as far as the beast. You could be a CEO, not do any work, and still play rugby. <laughs> I know plenty of guys who do that. That's how I'm many Springboks in South Africa retire from rugby, yeah. man. Yeah. Honestly. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying you don't have to be the CEO to oversee daily yeah. operations. And it does think that he's the CEO and investor. So, you know, as an investor, again, you can be active yeah. or you can be silent. Should you, and with be, the, should you be in the country, though? But without no, any I mean, information. A entity, so it's a legal entity in its own right. Yeah, with I'm just saying, without any inside information, I wouldn't be surprised if the beast comes back. You know, yeah. so, so you know, it, it's obviously disappointing. So when you think of Ma Nani, you think of the beast, you think of Buster. They all had a very short time here, and it's very hard to adjust to Major League Rugby, especially if you're talking about somebody from uh, for a level of of a beast Matarawira who literally just came off weeks before winning a Rugby World Cup, and now you have to think about this transition to a high school field in the u.s um but he yeah. made that choice for for other reasons it wasn't money it wasn't all of this and that's again another great point that people are talking about is well where's the money coming from for these great players i mean just to give you a context chris robshaw the last recorded salary that he had at harlequins was three hundred and twenty thousand pound a year so <laughs> is he coming in for the money no. no obviously not there's no way that anybody can do that so is it the experience? Well, no, he's got all the greatest experience, 66 uh, uh, England caps. So why would a player like that want to be here? What are some of your thoughts there? And I, I mean, I know that we all agree that it's a great value that he brings. Well, well, uh, l- let's just step in and say, I, I, I think the, the value in it is to experience American culture. A lot of these guys want the opportunity to come to the United States and, and to be able to do it on somebody else's dime and get paid for it a little bit. Right. Little rugby, that's a good thing. Uh, and and I got to think there's no dink here that, in fact, the Legion are sponsored by BMW. So 
Uh, is there perhaps a, a dealership that that's leasing him a vehicle? That's a pretty nice little perk that he might get along with it. Um, yeah, it doesn't make up the the uh, you know probably uh, three hundred and fifty to four hundred thousand pound difference, but it certainly sweetens the pot a little bit. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's got to be some perks, and as the the, the league matures. Uh, they'll have to be able to think about that. I mean, I'm just kind of, I'm alluding to some of the thoughts that might be coming up in later episodes, so I don't want to dwell on it, but there has to be a conversation at some point whether the cap will be raised or whether it will stay the same, given that they decided to be able to pay everybody's full contract this year. I wouldn't be surprised if the salary cap stayed the same for the following year. Um, But then again, I might be pleasantly surprised to hear that they do decide to raise it. Um, Who knows, right? But uh, those are all things that I'm sure will be revealed. We've got a long way to go before the next season, and there's a lot more rugby to be able to talk about before anybody even plays. And, and I think kind of really to touch upon that real quick, you talk about playing for money. You know, the, the question is, you know, okay, how, you know, there are some guys from, uh, was it the the, Re- or the Reds down down in, in Australia? It's like Isaac Roberts. Oh, the Queens and Reds, yeah. Yeah, and so the Queens and like they're saying like they they did not take a pay cut for mm-hmm. for Australian rugby. And there's rumors that they want that they may be coming here to play for LA. Now, granted, that's just rumors, but still, if you're not gonna take a pay cut, you're gonna come here. It's like, is it money? Is it like right? Like so, you're you're not making more money here than you are in Australia. Right, right, exactly. I mean, the Australian dollar is weaker, so it is slightly in its favor, but it depends on what. I mean, Queensland Reds Super Rugby culture to it, but it doesn't mean that every guy is starting the game. No, you know. So there, there, there's just interesting. degrees of success for them. Yeah. Um, if you're just thinking that you want to be able to get game time and you're young enough to be able to gain experience somewhere else and you could be on loan or you could be, you know, these are all things that will come with the maturity in the league that we might just be loaning players instead of putting them on contract, yeah. um, things like that. But it wouldn't be out of, uh, out, of the, uh, out of the question or unusual to be able to think that LA will be looking to Australia to be able to find players given their connection through the ownership. Um, and of course, you know this very well, Dustin. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I see it being possible. And on that, the Drew Mitchell is coming. What's happening? Drew Mitchell is coming. He said that in his interview. He said in 2020, his issue was the visa issue. For whatever right. reason, he didn't believe he was a friggin' professional rugby player. And his proof of burden was just. And his was, was a his proof was, deal or something. Correct. So, I mean, he expects to be here in 2021, 2022. Another signing I actually want to talk about, which actually has nothing to do with MLR. Uh, USA International, Will Hooley, signs with the Saracens uh, and, and yeah. going down to the championship. And, and <laughs> championship it's a, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter, though. It's a big yeah. one because in two years when Saracens are back up in the Prem, he's on that Saracens team. Yeah. So who knows? Maybe you know he, he does two years with the championship side, comes back to the MLR. He'll be, I think, 28 or 29. You know, well, you, and, you know um, as well as anybody else, because you're a Saracens fan, Scott, when they find a player they like, they stick with that club. And you can talk mm-hmm. about 10-year careers just in one, one place. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and I think I think just be letting our MLR fans know that there are other guys developing outside of the MLR in an international competition is a big deal. I mean, you have your Nick Savetas, you had your Blaine Scullies, you had your Chris Wiles. I consider him a USA international. Uh, you know, he, he, but you, you we are still seeing guys leave the United States to go play rugby in a in a professional organization that's a little bit higher tier than MLR. So I think that's a, you know, news for the MLR. Right. And you have some young guys doing it too. To be able to see as the league grows that they'll be looking to the MLR to be able to see it as a, as a recruitment uh, uh, pool. 
Yeah. So yeah, now, if we can only get you know if we can get some of these guys back, if Nick Savetta you know wants to leave France and can come back to the MLR, TT right. Lamisatelli, another Saracen, or he's actually on France. Like he just right. I forgot who he just signed with. Um, if he can, he can come back, you know, again, international guys that can come back and maybe in the twilight of their career, come and have that half player, yeah. half coach contract. I say, and, yeah. and I, I said kind of the younger players too, straight out of college, like Ryan Reese is a perfect example from life. You know, you know, he just, he, in, a, in an interview, he said, well, I'm going to go test out in England and see if I can, cause he's got he has Wales visa ship with it from, from, from Jonty's dad. So. Yeah. And one name that I think that has gone largely unnoticed in the signings, uh, who I think is going to be a stellar fit for rugby ATL, uh, Batista, I'm going to probably butcher this name too. So it might be not worse than mine. Watching. Uh, Escura. Escura? Yeah. All right. Batista. We'll go with that. And uh, so this is an odd, and maybe this was actually really early. This is going back quite a bit, man, before this next wave of, of new signings came about, re-signed players, all of that type of stuff. He kind of flew under the radar, but here's a guy of talent and, and a rugby pedigree. So this guy, uh, Argentine uh, national player, uh, 25 years old, started out as a sevens player, 2015, 2016. He's on the, uh, the Olympic squad at Rio uh, representing Argentina. So great foundation. Now, not the same code, so he makes the transition into uh, into the 15s rugby after that because you just wanted to be a part of the Olympics, right? So he makes the transition, starts his rugby 2018 with five appearances for the Pumas, right? Great level. Still a young player, only 25. Bear this in mind. Um, and uh, then he had 24, 21 games for the Jaguars in Super Rugby. So here's a guy that can be great at, at, at 13. He can be great at 12. He can be great at uh, 11. He can also be great at 15. He's got that well-rounded skill set, and I don't know why a player of this caliber is not higher on the radar in the, in those those signings. You know, it's funny you mention that because I, you know, I'd forgotten about him. I remember when that signing first hit right. about a month ago. I went, "Well, that's a pretty big deal." You have a guy that fills some shoes, and then within the context of uh, Harley Wheeler uh, going to the seven side, right. leaving a vacancy on the wing. Uh, it makes a lot of sense within the greater context. And and you're right, I agree with you, Ty. That could be a great signing for, for rugby ATL for sure. Yep. Yeah. And, you know, well, I think the draft washed it out. Yeah, draft washed it up. Yeah, for sure. Right. Right. I, think, I think the draft washed out. There. And, and also, I just want to make the announcement, uh, the big guy will be at the Winter Olympic Games next year. Uh, I will be on the Brazilian curling team, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even think I know what curling is. I'm mean, you know, in South Africa, so I'm at a disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> well, hey, you, know hey, Ty, you could start a South to... African team, and uh, I think yeah, some in 20 competitions. I believe Jamaica have a bobsled yeah. team. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, he wanted to play in the Olympics, and the big guy wants to be in the Olympics. Yeah. I can make the Brazilian curling team, I'm just yeah. saying. Fantastic. And your career, we'll be watching with watchful eye and oh, anticipation of your day. I can't wait to make memes for that. Yeah. I can't wait to update update Rob Shaw's uh, Wikipedia page when that information <laughs> comes up. This Absolutely. needs to be a thing, guys. Okay, guys, you know what? I think it's been a great episode. I think we've had great fun. I do hope that everybody who's been watching along with us has enjoyed it as much as we do. Uh, I think Dustin brought some much uh, needed uh, uh, humor to this. Um, whether you're laughing, especially without this guy up here, to laugh. <laughs> um, so. 
how do I give this the, uh, decide a winner on this occasion? Uh, it's a pretty difficult one. I think the cru- the crucial point was it. See, we all agreed on the USA uh, partnership with Glendale, so that's a difficult one. Man, tough choice. But I'm probably going to give it to Scott. Yes. Why can't I win? I had a similar train of thought in a lot of them. Uh, and plus, I feel bad that you lost out on Rob Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a pity win. Yeah, it's okay. It. And you know what? I I'll really am invested in your curling career, so we need the updates, okay? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Just, okay. We need to see you in, in – do they have a uniform? I mean, I don't know. Is this a Brazilian soccer jersey? That's, you know. All right, perfect. All right, start practicing. Guys, once again, it has been a fantastic opportunity to be able to share our thoughts as the what we think are the rugby know-it-alls here. We put them to the test with Rob Hammerschmidt, Scott Ferrara, and Dustin Smith. This, of course, has been a fantastic opportunity for you to be able to join us for the MLR Rant Podcast Show. My name is Ty Braga. See you at the next one. Well, rugby fans, that's another episode done and dusted. Make sure that you follow us on YouTube, follow us on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages to be able to learn more about upcoming episodes. And once again, thank you for listening to the Major League Rugby Rant Podcast Show. BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C.